Ten minutes before the hour, we have promised you for uh, many, many weeks to bring these two gentlemen into studio at JM and the AM to discuss uh, their um, amazing contribution to the reimagined Aaron Teitelbaum Orchestra, uh, something that has been a, uh, a very big piece of news in the world of Jewish music and something that's already reflected in both the uh, weddings and celebrations that they're doing and, of course, the videos that they are producing and releasing to the public, which is something that the Aaron Teitelbaum Orchestra and Productions is doing on a regular basis. We welcome into our studio both Ellie Lax and Yisrael Retches on this special Rosh Chodesh morning at JM in the AM. Ellie, Yisrael, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you so much for having us. Uh, guten Chodesh. A pleasure. It's not always uh, it's not always very easy to get hardworking people who often are working deep into the night into the studio in the early morning. So yes. I thank both of you for the effort. Do you agree Seven, with that? Huh? 7.45 is not prime <laughs> performance time for a wedding musician. Uh, Ellie, in fact, bowled me over when he told me that on a regular basis he's he's trying to keep a 9 to 5 schedule during the day. And again, when you're doing the midnight, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock thing, depending on where you are, not always easy, right? Not easy, not easy. But, you know, uh, Israel here is practicing 8 a.m. every day. So. Is that also true? Yeah, I do. I get up early to practice. It's not, but it's not prime time, uh, you know. Interview time. We're we're not at the top of our games at seven forty five, but for the Nachum Siegel show, I appreciate that. And by the way, both of you have said that for months that for this show you would do it at any time, and I greatly appreciate it. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about the reimagined in a moment. But you mentioned practice, and I just have to ask you: uh, you are regarded, uh, especially for someone your age. Don't take that in any way as an insult. (laughs) As one of the premier drummers that we see on a regular basis. Thank you so much. How often do you have to practice? Do you have to be in that studio every day to satisfy your desire to stay on top? It's. It, I don't know if it's a desire to stay on top as it, as it is a desire to just get better every day, to want to be the best musician that I can be. So, you know, I don't the, – the question, do you have to do – this or that to, right. you know it's a choice I, right it's a choice it's a choice that i make to uh to want to be a better musician and are there are there times are there milestones where you say to yourself oh boy this is sounding a lot better than it did two months ago or i really i really hop this now so much better than i did yes and but believe it or not it's, it's something that i go through a lot is that and if there's any musicians out there that are listening and it's maybe they they can uh yeah, they'll probably get it identify right? with there's um there are periods that are called plateaus where you just try so hard to get something new or you're trying to work on something to sound good in it and you just think you'll never get there and you never get there. And like, you know, recently you have what's called breakthroughs where you kind of break that wall of something that you're... We're still waiting for one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, you um, you work very hard to try and, you know, get the least amount of plateaus and the most amount of breakthroughs. Now to the casual observer like myself, like Dorothy and the Scarecrow, it always seems like the pianist or keyboard player or leader has a special relationship with the drummer. <laughs> Am I right that there's a symbiotic channel that is formed between the two of you that would not be with any other musician on the bandstand? Absolutely. The the core of the band is the is the rhythm section. Right. The rhythm section is, you know, most of the time made up of the keyboard bassist and the drummer. The drummer lays it down, and the keyboard player is kind of trying to guide the rest of the band on top of that. So the one trying, most trying is the, the one, operative the one most consistent thing that needs to you know be solid is the the band leader slash keyboard player's relationship with the drummer. So it's a good thing we don't get along all the bandstand. <laughs> and that means you're talking music a lot more than with other musicians. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Uh, the only thing I care about coming to a 
to a wedding or any musical scenario is that I get along with the drummer. I don't care about anything else in the band. The rest of the band will follow suit based on as long as the the chemistry is there between the band leader and the And can you adjust to get along with most drummers? No. (laughs) Seriously? Absolutely not. You have a preference? Absolutely. There's no, I mean. Is, Is it possible you would not have made this move? To work with our entitled bound if you throw a retro. Absolutely. It was, it, this is a package deal. This was a package deal. Seriously. Absolutely. And what about you? Would you have made this move without knowing that, that Ellie would be with you on a regular basis? Ellie was uh, one of a very select few people that I would have said, you know, I couldn't believe it when, when I heard that it was going to be Ellie. It was I, My jaw hit the floor. And I was like, I, I think I might have just won the lottery. Flattery is so, not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> so career-wise, this was, a, some would say, an opportunity. You might say a golden opportunity. Career-wise, this is, and, and again, forget the business end of it. I'm just saying on the musical end of it, you considered this whole thing an upgrade or a great move. Let's put it that way. I don't insult anybody, but a great move. No, no, no. So I have a lot of, I have, thank God I've been, you know, blessed with good drummers throughout this whole musical journey. Um, none of which have the kind of heart in in their playing as as much as uh, Ratchet does. So for me, coming to the bandstand and enjoy, enjoying it as much as another guy on the bandstand, and obviously the drummer, which makes the most right. difference, is huge. And you know what's funny? I appreciate again it. to the and I hope he doesn't take this as an insult. Again to the casual observer who doesn't know music well, I'm in that category. Although people out there don't believe that, <laughs> um, he he's not as flamboyant and as wild because drummers do have a reputation sometimes for doing their own show and, and being wild during a performance as others are nonetheless his other qualities totally supersede all so that. i'll i'll argue with that he he started i i don't know how long he's here already but i think like 10 years ago he was he was the most flamboyant drummer <laughs> he was making the most uh, you noticed him on the bands he was he was <laughs> you know he was definitely putting out the biggest show and over the years he got more disciplined and more and more you know, into his playing and what he sounds like. And from the way you're saying it, it sounds like that's important. It's, it's huge. There's there's a there's a difference between a guy who's, you know, doing playing everything he can and a guy who realizes that doing, you know, less is more, and that's a huge thing for a drummer. I, I also think there's, that, there's an evolution to, um, especially a working musician, when you get to a point where you realize it's really not about me and it's more about the song and it's more about the band and it's more about the dance floor and it's more about we're here to make, people dance and we're here to make people happy and this is not about me and this is not about the cool tricks that i can do and this is not about how fast i can get around the drum set it's or the drum solo and all right right. it's really more about how is is the music good enough for people to dance so the two of you as corny as this might sound your best feeling is when you look out and see that people are completely into it by a long shot like that is the greatest thing you may sound great your colleagues may be totally in rhythm with you but the best thing is when you look out there and you there's no i mean there's no we we have great 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 weddings and then we have the weddings that are kind of mediocre and the only you know thing that makes basically the only discerning factor is what the crowd is doing right the crowd is into it and dancing with the band like i don't know you were there this this past sunday that was that was energy in the room the band a lot of youthful enthusiasm absolutely that's also a reciprocal relationship between the band and the crowd, you know. Well, we would say feeding off each other. Exactly, right. exactly, and it's uh, and you know, you can you can notice it anytime you go to a wedding where you kind of feel the magic in the air. You you'll look and you'll see that the 
dance floor is on fire at the same time that the band is on fire and they're feeding off each other. Ellie Lax and Yisrael Wretches, our Entitlebaum Orchestra. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world, the web at NahumSiegel.com, on the NahumSiegel Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. You know, so to the novice, like, again, you know, I think I'm representing a lot of people out there in terms of our, you know, only cursory knowledge of music. We think that we hop how he gets to the level that he's at. He's a drummer. And, you know, you, you practice more and more. And you you know, that, we can understand it. Your job to us looks completely different because we know that you, you know, you're leading the orchestra. You're playing what to us is, again, not an insult, but to us looks like a much more complicated instrument, right? Drums to the common man looks a lot less complicated than what you do. And uh, and you're reading the music and leading it, etc. Uh, so how so? What do you do? He he tells us that he's in the studio every day practicing. You must have to I don't know learn new songs and practice them, and then think about what the other musicians are going to be doing during those songs all the time. So the huge the huge part of Aaron Tidelbaum is Israel Lamb. Right. He he uh, does all he puts everything onto paper. So I've done that in the past. But any song you're playing, any song I'm playing is is you know discussed. You know, previously we decided, okay, we're going to play this song, we're going to add it to the mix, and then I'll go through it with with Yisrael Lamb. I'll tell him, you know, a little bit of rhythm direction, but then he'll put down all the horns. He'll basically arrange the song onto paper for me. When I get to the wedding, it's basically relaying the the chart. Obviously, the horns are going to play what's written, right. but it's relaying the chart to the rhythm. I'm directing the rhythm, which is the like I said before, the myself, the drummer, bassist, and the guitar player. That's kind of my focus as far as live interaction with the band trying to get them to do because we don't write out rhythm it's specifically we try to create it on the band's then and then the horns are going to basically follow suit so my my focus coming to a to a wedding is and you know in the also the prelude obviously before the wedding as well is is making sure that that rhythm section has a very live interactive feel which is where you're able to work off the crowd if everything's very right. sterile it's not going to be able to be you know work created right. with the crowd so we basically wait wait for the crowd and we wait for the the rhythm to create it off each other as you do i'm very i'm i'm a big believer in in creating things on the bandstand so you throw will basically arrange it in 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 the on the on paper but then the rhythm will basically you know have a chemistry and create something so will lamb ever but, say to you when he hears your improv will he ever say that was an interesting twist that happens you just- every night He's like, oh, that's how it went down. All right, I got it. I got it. And the most recent song you've added to the repertoire. Give me an example of something you worked with Lamb on very recently. Uh, Ki Malacha, which is a which is a ballad from Moshe Shapiro. That's right. the most recent one we played. Right. Uh, that was this last Sunday. Uh, as far as we dance songs, we're bringing in a lot of old stuff, to be honest. Right. The new, a lot of good the classics. The new uh, right. Robbie Shimon from, from uh, MBD. Right. That just came out. We're doing that. Kedai, he calls it. Right. Yeah, Kedai. And that's, uh, I mean, there's a, obviously that's a live one, but there's, there's every, every day stuff's coming out. As long as it's good, it, it gets added to the mix. Just, just right. going back to what Elliot's, sure. what you had asked Ellie before about, you know, his job and what I think people sometimes looking mm-hmm. outside in don't realize. Ellie has an uncanny ability to have the band sound like they're doing something that's being rehearsed, that's been rehearsed for a long time and make it sound like we've done that over and over again when really he's just come up with it on the spot. And whether it's, you know, verbally communicating it through the microphone that we all hear in our ears or whether it's by physical, um, you know, signals. Si- signals, he has an uncanny ability to have the band follow and do it at the same time 
um, to make it sound to the listener like it's something that we've been planning. Do you need to be a musical genius to do that? Yes. Yes. You yes, do. You, you, the, you need a level of genius to you, be able to yes, improvise abs- like that. Absolutely. It's not. It's it's the the improvisation is one level of genius, but the communication, mm. the the actual execution. Right. You know, there's a lot, and that goes for music in general too. There's a lot of people who. Um, you know, know a lot about music and and know a lot about their instrument. It, it, there's a difference between knowledge and ex- execution. Do you agree that it sounds like you've done it a hundred times when when you hear the musicians with you? I would say ninety five percent of the time, it, really, it goes off without a hitch. But again, the, in every the, section of the orchestra, yeah. I mean, you're, you'd be surprised. Like, like he's saying, a lot of people, it you know, even on the on the clips and everything like that, it sounds like it's very rehearsed, and that's that's the key. But the main, again, I was saying this before, but the, the, the most important thing for me is we're playing at a wedding. Right. And if you're locked in a box, if you're playing with uh, backing tracks and you're kind of doing everything that has to be done based on the paper and you have no flexibility to work off the crowd, you're in trouble. Right. I really feel strongly that, that and I, I've, do, I've been doing this in a lot of scenarios and a lot of different bands, and the most important thing for me is to be able to have that flexibility to work off the crowd when you're doing a, you know, a party like we had this past Sunday, right. you want to be able to go into you know white stripes at the end of the first mm-hmm. first dance. You can't do that if everything is prepped. Yeah, you have three alterations of the song, but you know you can never prep what the crowd is going to be doing. So you want to always have that flexibility, and you want to have the ability to make sure that the band is going to be following you, you know, right up to where you're at. Does, does Aaron Teitelbaum encourage you to do what you just described? Um, Aaron Teitelbaum. <laughs> It encourages Does it give you the free reign to do this? It definitely gives you the free reign. He is uh he gets very excited when it goes down. Right. But he it's when hard. It works. I don't think he himself knows what was rehearsed and what wasn't. Right. That's the key. We try not to tell him <laughs> that, that that was that could have went really bad, but it but it got but it went off well. So the but it it also doesn't hurt you know, what gives us the ability to be this flexible and to be um creative on the bandstand is that you have a guy like Aaron Teitelbaum whose attention to detail is second to none. And when you have that type of fun foundational support under you, it gives you a lot of confidence to be able to have the freedom to do other things. You know, if we would come to a job and worry about certain things or be confused about certain things and not be clear on certain things, we'd have to, you know, kind of grip a little tighter onto the program. Um, whereas Aaron is, is so unbelievable with his attention to detail and we feel like we know every single piece of information we need to know going into a job in order for to be successful we feel so prepared that it's it's a little bit easier for us to be flexible and to be creative on those type of things mm-hmm. so it's a real credit to that's Aaron a huge and thing how he does that it. is that's absolutely true and i'll elaborate on that the 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 prep that i get going into a wedding um is is it's perfect it's pristine there's you, we there's no detail missed and that gives me the ability that we could do things on the fly. In other words, when a, when a guest comes over and suggests a song, we're able to do that because I'm so clear on what the prep is and what the client requested. And not to insult anybody, but you probably have never been I never had in, that. at that level. You've never I seen mean, it at that I tell level. it to everybody. Everybody asks me, so how is it working with right. Aaron? There are four people at every single job, four people that are running the show. Right. It's not just Aaron. Aaron, and he has a whole crew. He's got Joe there. Uh, Wham is there most of the time. I mean, Yaki you're talking Khan. about Yaki, Yaki Khan. Khan. You're talking about a real crew right. of, of even Chad K. Sometimes right. you're talking about a real crew of guys who are running the show, and then we could just do music. 
that's you don't get that. Not in any band. Ellie Lax, Yisrael Wretches, both here. I, I thought I'd get to some music, but now I'm, I'm already thinking, because I know you have to leave in about 25 minutes, I'm already thinking that we'll do another morning where we concentrate on the music. So many things I want to ask you about. Uh, you, so you've been on the bandstand for over 10 years, correct? Yisrael Wretches? Yeah. And you, how many 10. years? Also around 10? Yeah. Is the waiting difficult? There's a lot of downtime, or at least it seems to us. You may say these breaks are necessary and really not that big of a deal. But there is downtime on the bandstand, waiting for the Hudson and Kala to come in, things to get started, etc. Does that sap you sometimes of the ability to stay, you know, up there at top level, or it's really irrelevant? The you mean energy wise? Yeah. The, so the the way I mean, at least the way I try to to you know create the vibes throughout the wedding, the the beginning of the wedding, the first hour is we are we like kind of jam out where we're just playing a bunch of standards or we're you know our Your own choice. twist on so it's all total right. like. Freedom. The, the musicians really get to just you know improvise, and it's a lot of you know. It's just, a great warm up. It's a right. it's a great warm up, but not so much the, musically, more chemistry. You know, mm -hmm. everybody's yo. We we yeah. Maybe we did a gig last night, but today's a new day. Let's you know get back together on a musical page because everybody comes in. Music is an emotional thing, and depending on your mood, that's how you know that's how good you're gonna play. So when you when you come into the wedding, you want to kind of be able to play a music that brings everybody together. So that's. That's what happens in the beginning of the wedding. That's for the first hour or so. That's what we call the shmorg. Right. And then you need a break after that. You need a kind of, because now you're going from, you know, improv to, to very produced music where everything's got to be, everybody's got to leave space for everybody else. And it's kind of very, you, everybody has to play their part. So we had fun for the first hour. Now we're kind of getting a little bit more serious, like doing a production. And that's where the chuppah comes in. Right. super, super arranged, super produced. There's almost no, there's zero improv in the chuppah. You got to do exactly your part. There's nothing outside of the box. And then from there, that's where after the chuppah, that's where the energy gets built. You need breaks between, you know, everything. That's where we start doing the dinner, and the dinner is, you know, a couple pieces. First dance, you need you need 10, 15 minutes to kind of prep for that high energy. After the first dance, everybody's zonked. You're right. talking about like everybody needs to get <laughs> off the bandstand and just like zone out. I can't listen to music after the first dance. There's nothing, and that takes at least 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You need to detox. And kind of get back into a mindset, and then the second that's a different kind of energy. It's nothing to do. The first dance, high energy, really fast pace. Are you physically exhausted after the first dance? Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. I don't know if and you as a drummer, yeah. I guess it's obvious, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you could look at the bandstand, we're all giving everything we have on the uh, first dance, especially we're all we're all really, really putting it all out there. So after the first dance, you need to detox. It's just an absolute. You, just gotta, thing you that gotta, gotta catch your breath. You gotta, you know, it's it's think about the crowd. I, I will tell you. Uh, and by I, the way, very. I'm sorry. I'll give you your point ahead. in a second. Very, by the way, very often the second dance outdoes the first in terms of energy. Right. So yeah, exactly. you, as much as you're resting up and trying to get back into it, you may have coming up one of the most intense hours of the you know of your week uh, yeah. in the next few minutes. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no. So I was just going to say I have a lot of friends that uh, play drums not in this business. You know, more outside in the secular world. And when I show them what I do, and when I show them, you know, what what it is that the job entails, um, they're blown away by the type of high energy that we're able to sustain for the amount of time that we're able to sustain it. They can not believe it. It's not a normal thing in outside the Jewish music world <laughs> to play. We don't, we don't even get that, right? So no, you're talking about yeah. pros. You're talking about guys legit, that, legit pros. Like guys that have played with the biggest names in the world. That when they see these things, they just cannot believe how much energy is being sustained for the the, the amount of time consecutively. It's it's mind blowing. And a them. dance set, because again, attendees at the wedding may not realize how time is going by. Right. A dance set could average. What, 45 like, minutes to an hour. That's a lot of time. Yeah. yeah. Straight. And forget that. Yeah. The songs are going 
really fast. Right. The BPM is like 155. Right. That's faster than a lot of people play music. You're talking about. Don't the, si- wouldn't the singers prefer if it was a drop slower or not? It depends on which depends singers. On singer. <laughs> like, like a guy like Ohad wants it faster. Always. He, so he doesn't care. He will always wants it faster because he's in Israel. The music is a little faster than mm-hmm. here. Uh, you know, Morty also always likes it faster. A lot of a lot of the singers would like it faster. Some of the singers like it slow. I guess more vibey guys like it slower, but faster slow. The, you're talking about of the most intense music. Even the played. even the slow is not slow. That's not. Sl- right. I mean, no. The, you're talking. Yeah, I, I've had. You're talking about pros who play. You know, shows all over the world, sax players and stuff like that. They come to these gigs. <laughs> after about 30 minutes, they're done. They're they're like, I don't know how you guys have the stamina to do this. It's mm-hmm. not. It's not in music. In like what he was saying. In in you know, musically speaking, there's not a lot of shows that go like this. There's not a lot of shows that have two hours of intense dance music. That El- doesn't stop. Ellie Laxis for all wretches, Arantadabam Orchestra. What's it like working with Ohad? Because he's one of the people that's totally exclusive with your orchestra and has made such an international splash uh, at this point. And we've enjoyed him so many times recently. What's it like working with him? I'll, I'll answer that with two sentences. People conceptualize Ohad as a sweet voice that, can go really high and has you know that pristine vocal that pure clarity Ohad has the best vibes on the bandstand he is the most energetic guy at a wedding so if you ask and me, you don't mind if other singers hear you say that no absolutely not nobody does what wow. Ohad does he's wow. Ohad is um Ohad's a real artist I mean he's a real artist and he's a real superstar there's no uh there's I no actually noticed that. he communicates with you sometimes. A lot, right? a lot. Yeah, I have a great time with him. I have a great time with all the singers, but I do. I have a great time with Ohad. Um, he he does connect with the drummer a lot, and he's the and real you know deal. the language he's speaking. Yeah, he's the <laughs> he he's the real deal. I mean, as as close as you're going to get to a superstar in Jewish music. I mean, that's what Ohad is. He's the he is a superstar without the superstar attitude. Without the, right. absolutely that's without the a superstar very good point. attitude. He's unbelievable. Are you shocked at his ability to hold notes for 20 to 30 seconds? <laughs> yeah, but again, that's that's right. that's more of a novice's standpoint. I'm right. going to be honest Correct. with you. Correct. What, what's that's impressing, a novelty. What's impressing right. me is the fact that he has such good energy and it's not you don't find that that kind of vocalist that also has that kind of energy. It's like really a, a full package. Is it hard to become a great pianist? I'm not a great pianist. Well, whatever you I, are, is it hard to become it? <laughs> he is a great pianist. Yeah, that's what I would I say. I mean, piano playing is, is... At what point, at what age did you say, okay, I, I think I know how to play piano now? Um, I played a Malach when I was six. So that wow. was... Yeah, that was the first... Uh, first Without reading music, music right, I Yeah, I was all playing by ear. I liked Musical playing. family? Like, is there a heritage? My mom, or? my mom. Plays, oh, Millie Lex, I played Mahamalach when I was six. <laughs> you know, that was it. That's all. Mahamalach when I was six. But I, I, I didn't consider myself a piano player until I was able to read music. That's, right. And that, that only was happened Was that a tough I, process? I started to write. Once you start writing, then you kind of identify what the notes are doing, and then you have kinda... you composed songs. Yeah, sure. When I was on guitar, is actually. there one I would know? Is there is no? There... I haven't. I haven't. But you have composed yet. your own. Yeah, I, have, I have a book. I have music. a great Ellie Lax story for you. Yeah. I was once in Ellie Lax's apartment, and we had a gig together. Um, I think an hour later, and he says, "Oh my gosh, I forgot to transcribe the song," which means to listen to the right. song and to actually write the notes on paper. I said, "Oh my god!" So we're just not going to do it tonight. That's fine. He transcribed the song in five minutes. It literally cool. almost the in That's real cool. in real language. time. It's a different language. In real time, as the song is playing, he's typing it in note by. It's something. It's, That's cool. Yeah. See, to to again to amateurs like myself or those who can't 
relate to this stuff, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I know you may not think so, but it's pretty cool. It's, it's pretty cool cooler when Lamb does it, though, because he doesn't only transcribe it. He also has the arrangements going on the second line at the same time. Well, I always say, and it's not for today's topic, but I always say that arranging, especially the way he does it, is so unfathomable for yeah. someone like myself that it, even composing, frankly, but the arranging, you know, even more so. In terms oh, Lamb's a legend. Yeah, he's he's amazing. Um one of the things Aaron Teitelbaum made a commitment to, especially when he brought you guys in, was it was to be as 2019 as possible. Mm-hmm. Hence the reimagined, the, you know, to us it feels like we're working with a new orchestra, even though, of course, we have so many amazing, you know, legends who are there on the bandstand for many decades already. Um, one of the things I noticed is that technology is now playing a role in how you run the orchestra. Uh, there are no more paper notes on stands there are ipads that are connected to you know whatever new ipad stand there is that sits in front of the musicians now what i didn't realize was and tell me if i'm right about this if i'm accurate um is that you actually can control everyone's ipad and what they see from your ipad yep i know you don't work for apple but could you explain in 30 seconds how that works (laughs) it's actually more than that it's not just everybody has a different chart right so there's their instrument there's a yeah there's a sax arrangement and a drum arrangement and they're all getting controlled by mine it's basically i mean there are actually two ways to do it but there's a there's an app that you know the you know actually Rush could probably do a better job. He's the one who introduced me. Is to it you really? Do you, do you want do you want the technical break? Well, I want both. You, okay. First of all, is it simple to do? Once no. you learn it, it's simple. No, it's hard to load up. No. In other words, the you need cues in the in the iPad that actually in the app that tells the the saxophone iPad to cue the saxophone chart when I'm cueing the rhythm chart. Right. Nice. So it is a little bit more complicated. They have to. They have to. Yeah. The, the, those are na- what's called naming conventions in in technology, but. From a techno- from a technological perspective, there's a what's called a server, and then there's a bunch of iPads that take information from that server. So, th- us the musicians that are not Ellie are the ones that are receiving information. Ellie is sending out information, and uh, that's how it goes the whole night. So every time Ellie pushes a song, um, the sax player will get the sax chart, the drum player will get the drum chart. And, and you know what I thought of the other night, and you're gonna think this is nuts. You're sitting there drumming. Yeah. Don't you need the last line of that song in front of you, and he's already switching you to the next page? Sometimes, so, yeah. So a lot of, t- I mean, it's it's also a it's a, oh, so it is a real problem. It, no, it is a problem. It's not, but they, they have a thing where you could turn the top half right. of the next chart and the bottom half of the last chart right. stays. I mean, for most, for not, I hope that we're not reading all the time. Right. I hope everybody already you know has it down. If it's a brand new song, I'll wait till the last second to switch it. But it switches in a split second. It's right. not. It's not a very delayed process. It happens right and away. And the average cool. listener would never know. Right. I mean, you would never know from listening outside that we didn't have the last line of that chart. Right. That's not. And uh, it, it looks pretty cool, iPads instead of paper. It looks cool to the crowd. Uh, I said it helps you get become 2019. Is that the only thing with that whole system that makes it, makes it 2019? Or there's other benefits to it that I don't even realize? I mean, the, the it's a new trend. You know, over the last ten years, to have a proper sound system, so that's another thing. I mean, the, sound, the the sound quality that the band's putting out, I mean, you could hear point. it in the recordings, is is practically you know album quality. Right. A match for that quality. room because every room is different, exactly. right? I mean, the iPads obviously are the most breakthrough thing, and right. the weddings we're doing it gives me full flexibility. You're talking about any. I I don't think it's ever been more than thirty seconds from when a, a guest will run over and say, "Hey, play this song." To when we had that song pulled up and we're playing it. And if we they have access to thousands of songs at our fingertips, right? Before you only had access to the amount of songs you were willing to schlep. So if there's an obscure song, that's you know a secular song from thirty years ago, you're going to find it. 
So no, so I if uh, hopefully I have it loaded. If right. I don't, you know, we'll obviously pull it out by ear. But it's right. very, it's very. I don't think I've ever had a situation. I actually pride myself on this. If you ask me, what am I most proud of in in my band leaning? It's the ability to get every single request in there, and it's usually a thirty second wait time. I remember when it was when I was part of a different band back in the day, five, five six, seven years ago. The the band owner would literally bring to the job suitcases. Full of, right. of loose leaf binders, <laughs> right. you know, hundreds of pages thick for every musician. And, and those things are heavy. I mean, now you have thousands and thousands of songs right at your fingertips, ready to go. Yeah, I have 8,000 songs in my iPad. It's unbelievable. Pretty cool, I'll yeah. tell you. And uh, plenty of stuff constantly being added. As you mentioned earlier, there's, uh, there's hits that are being released in the Jewish music world, aside from all the other music worlds that you might be pulling music from. Uh, because there are some times that you're playing jazz pieces and secular music that's popular that you use as an instrumental, etc., especially before the first dance starts, right? As, as a little bit of an interlude uh, for people to enjoy, and all that is uh, is part of your repertoire. Uh, speaking both with uh, Ellie Lax and Israel Retches, um, another few minutes here talking about the reimagined Arantadabam Orchestra. Okay, so what does it mean? What does it mean, reimagined? Explain the. I mean, some people may have gotten it from the last half hour, but <laughs> from your standpoint, what does reimagined mean? Um, it's Aaron Teitelbaum doing 2020. That's, that's basically what reimagined is. It's, it's, which is, which is a big deal because he's, he's got 40 years of, of like meticulous production experience. And, and now he adapted that to what was, you know, starting to become a trend. And he, now he's actually leading the trend right. to, you know, move that forward and kind of be up to pace where the rest of the music in the world is. A lot of times, Jewish music is around ten years behind, you know, the rest of the rest of uh, the music world. But right now, we're actually holding we're holding right there with them. And that so must be a great feeling for someone like feeling. you. We could play. You could, we could pull out, you know, current Latin interludes. We could pull out, you know, what's happening in the real music world. What what you hear at a at a you know a, at any type of event. At any type of event, right. you're you're getting that. You're getting little you know inputs of that. While at, at the at same while at the same time being able to play the Hartig stuff. On cue, the way that you know that crowd would like to hear it. So. Sometimes do you get a, and this is really for both of you. Do you get a an evaluation of the type of crowd it is, not just the way they look, because people, of, of course, you know, make determinations these days and label people by the way they look, but just you get a feeling like you know what, let's go in this direction musically because it seems like they're heading there. So, to so speak. I'll tell you where I get that from. That is from the Chassidish. So I will never miss a chassidish. No matter what's happening during the wedding, I'll always walk up to the chassidish for two minutes, and you get a feel for the crowd immediately from the chassidish. Because words, it is the young men who are going to control that dance scene. Uh, yeah, exactly. The crowd is going to be dictated mostly by the, obviously there's the girls as well, but right. that just handles that. <laughs> I, I mean, he'll, he'll, he'll kind of feed me with, you know, the, the, the girls' side is kind of, you know, young today. Right. Make sure you get a little bit of the... The 2020 hits. The 2020 hits, right. but... But the chassidish will tell you if it's a shayashiv crowd, if it's a chavetz chaim crowd. It, the the, the chassidish will tell you that. As much as there's requests and the client's guidance and the questionnaire right. that Aaron has all prepared, the chassidish will actually also, solidify what kind of crowd it is. Great. They'll also tell you a lot about their energy level at the chassidish. Right. Um, I I remember I said to Aaron on Sunday um, after after the shmorg and after the batek, and I said it's a levedik crowd today, and it was. They were unbelievable. So they tell Very you a lot. Cool. They tell you a lot just by the chassidish. By the way, they're singing in the chassidish. How they, what kind of energy they're bringing to the badekin. You can tell a lot about how the night's going to go just from those couple of events. Very cool. Aaron Tidelbaum Orchestra reimagined. Um, Ellie Lax, Israel Wretches. Phone number 
Uh, first of all, we should mention, we mentioned Ohad before. Uh, there's really no other way to get a hold of Ohad for a performance in this area other than speaking with Aaron Teitelbaum. Uh, and of course, aside from Ohad, he has access to so many other great singers uh, that are available for your uh, for your simcha. You could dial 718-256-7200 for information, 718-256-7200. Unlike the old days where orchestras would put out CDs and albums, you guys are basically producing some type of video, often done at the weddings, uh, on a regular basis. could be every week, whatever the case is. Um, is there a, I don't know, this may not even be for you, maybe it's more for Aaron, is there a process of deciding what, what's good enough to release to the public? And uh, I mean, we'll, we'll pick the songs in advance, obviously the, the songs that we want to you know put out. Um, a lot of the times the singers that are going to be featured on the video have most of the input for which songs they mm. want to you know put out. But it's actually, I, I think it's a great thing that we're able to, I mean, the quality of the clips, the quality of the videos are, are practically holding where the CDs used to be, you know, three, four years ago. And these are live. These are happening live. There's not a lot of post-production. It's mostly just mixing and chopping it up, figuring out which parts, you know, sound the best, right. you know, putting that together. The, the, when a clip comes out, I have no, I have no idea what Aaron's, you know, right, the ideology is, but what, what happens in the clip, that's all the band, you know, Wretch's Eye, You Saw Lamb. And the singer practically decide which songs are going to go out, which songs are going to go in. <laughs> Do you guys behave any differently knowing that this song is going to be on video? <laughs> it's, like I'll the, be honest with you, it's 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 horrible. I, I love... You'd prefer if it was not like that. No, in other words, we try very hard to not notice the right. videos because you want to get that you right. want you want people to see what we're actually doing you would night. almost you would almost want them to not tell us there's a video right. going on you know he yeah. should do that he should start bringing cameras to every job and just tell so us just so we don't know which one's which gonna, are dumb yeah. cameras which are real <laughs> um have you ever noticed israel wretches yeah. how into it he gets unbelievable and i don't think there are other people on keyboard that are shuckling as the term goes the way Ellie oh, Lax it's not does. just shuckling. If you watch Ellie Lax, you'll see an array of aerobics throughout the entire night. Um, and uh, and it's part of the reason why he always looks slim. He, oh, yeah. But, but um, Ellie Lax puts out an energy on the bandstand that unless you're deaf, you cannot not receive that energy. Moving complete, seems to be important Completely to you. contagious. It's, um, it, I'll be honest, I get it only from the singer. That's the only, wow. yeah, that's the only thing guiding my energy is the singer's energy. So if it's a guy who's getting into it, I'll get into it with him. If it's a guy who's just like kind of singing, I'll just right. kind of play. How much weight do you lose during a gig? <laughs> I bet three, four pounds, right? It has Gotta to be. be. Gotta to be. be. You also, I guess, right? Yeah, but, but Ellie's, Ellie can jump up and down. I can only move my arms. <laughs> no, I really, I'll be, I zone out during the dancing. I really do. And after, and after the dance set, I'm completely unapproachable. I'm absolutely, I, I, I am in a detox. You are really. spent, as we yeah. say. Well, there's a lot of, we, we really do. We, we, first of all, we care about the event. We do. We yeah. care about what we're doing. We care about the orchestra. We care about how it sounds. And we care that we're doing a good job. And on top of that, we care about the music. So it takes a lot of energy out of us. It takes a lot of effort. Can we invite you back to actually do some live music in this room? Would that be a... Uh, sure. What would you do? You'd bring one drum with you? Like, what would you bring? I could bring like yeah, a snare drum or something? Bring something? If you bring Ohad, I'll be here. I, we could do that, by the way. Let's do it. You we don't could. know about these Stroll Wretches backup vocals. Also. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you don't want that. You and want... what would you need? Would you need some type of a major keyboard, keyboard system or simple. standard keyboard would be? Because I noticed that you have multiple keyboards with you at jobs, so I'm not sure what your needs are. The, the multiple keyboards <laughs> are just for the ability to do things on the fly, but right. if we're sitting in a studio... I think, we, I think we could have a lot of fun with that. Well, I look forward to that, and uh, I really appreciate you both being here this morning. We have uh, spoken for months about getting these two gentlemen in the studio to talk about Aaron Teitelbaum's reimagined 
Orchestra and what you see now on a regular basis when we are on stage at the weddings and events. Information about all of this, 718-256-7200, 718-256-7200. We're going to wrap up with a uh, video clip, I guess we'll call it. And by the way, folks, Yisrael Wretches is the drummer on the underwater video of Malani. <laughs> All right, that, that I told you, so you that came up over Shabbos. Thank Everyone's you. still baffled years later about that whole experience, which we could do another time, we'll by the way. Time. We could do it another time. But anyway, this one is a Mordechai Shapiro reimagined piece, Aaron Tidalbaum Orchestra, which was posted, uh, I think, about a week ago. Would you remember what song this is by any chance? Would we know? I don't know what song you're playing, but I can tell you that next to Ohad, Morty has sick vibes, awesome energy. I love oh. him on the bass, and he's got intense, intense energy, and you could, like you said before, and like I said, you know, my energy feeds off the singer. Right. When Morty's on the bandstand, I'm going to be jumping. And one other point, you, you would you would not speak this way if not for what Yisrael Retcher said earlier, which is uh, that it, it's energy, but somebody who's humble enough to just yeah, be yeah, a absolutely. nice, normal, good, good guy. guy. Such so, a good guy. So that's, you know, really important. Big shout out, Morty Shapiro. You could say that again. And he's mm-hmm. scheduled to be here, I believe, right after Shavuos because he has a brand new album coming out. So we'll explore more of this with him as well. And we will play this reimagined recent uh, addition to YouTube from Mordechai Shapiro and the Iron Tidal Orchestra as we thank both Ellie Lacks and Yisrael Retches. This has been amazing. Thank this, you so much for having us. It's an absolute pleasure. Continued Hatzlacharaba, continued success on the bandstand, Iron Tidal Orchestra, everybody. Um, if you want this experience that we've described over the last 40 minutes, you call 718 256 7200, 718 718- Two five six seventy two hundred. This is the Mordechai Shapiro reimagined piece. You are listening to this Aaron Titlebound production at JM in the AM. This 
Titlebaum Orchestra reimagined my thanks to Ellie Lax and Yisrael Wretches. Really an amazing, comprehensive morning when it comes to the state of uh, the Jewish music world as we approach 2020. Really incredible. Uh, information about all of this with Aaron Titlebaum, 718 